Welcome to another episode of Huddle Radio, where we're joined by Keith Riggs, the defensive coordinator and technology coach at Jenks High School in Oklahoma. Jenks has long been one of the top programs in the state, and they've continued that recently, winning 59 of their 65 games over the past five years. A big part of that run is due to the school's extensive use of data to discover opponent tendencies and identify the strengths and weaknesses of its own team. You're listening to Huddle Radio. Push play with Huddle. Coach, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dan. Now, for, before we get started, um, your title at Jenks is um, the defensive backs and technology coach. I don't, I guess I don't know for sure, but I doubt that there are a lot of schools out there that have someone designated as a technology coach. Um, so maybe could you kind of walk me through uh, what your responsibilities are in that role and, and kind of how that works for you? Uh, that title is a little dated. I'm the defensive coordinator now, but I, st- I still coach our defensive backs, and I have been dealing with the technology since I've been here uh, the past 14 years. Uh, it's really just handling all things tech-related, um, our equipment, uh, any upgrades um, to our laptops. All of our, all of our coaches have laptops that they can have with them at all times. Uh, managing our network, our data storage. Uh, if it has anything to do with technology, I'm, I'm kind of the, the guy that everybody starts with. Gotcha. That's, that's really cool. I, I like that. Um, now, Jenks is a program you guys have been widely successful uh, for a long time. And especially recently, um, you guys have kind of gotten more into statistics, kind of breaking down the data and looking at the numbers behind the game. Why does that program place such a high premium on stats? Well, I I think as coaches, we want to put our kids in the best situation possible to be successful. Ultimately, they have to uh, execute when they're on the field. But uh, if if we can keep them out of bad situations and put them – uh, in the best possible situation, that is that is to our advantage. And I, I think uh, the use of data really helps us do that in, in giving our kids the best chance for success. Oh, kind of along those lines, I mean, you know, you have a lot of data that you guys as coaches use. How do you effectively relay that to the players? So you're not overwhelming them, you're not having them think too much, but at the same time they are gaining uh, insights from that information. Yeah, that that's a, a tricky line you don't want to cross. You don't want to overload them with too much. Um, so some of the data, things that we would want them to be able to recognize on the field, um, down and distance scenarios that we want them to be aware of, uh, you know, we share with them and, and we build into our practice schedules so they're recognizing those things, you know, during the week so they're They've practiced it when they get to Friday. Uh, you know, other things related to the data really are, are as much for the coaches and anybody. Um, you know, getting us in the right call in a certain situation isn't necessarily something that the kids would need to know. But mm-hmm. as coaches, we would be able to make the correct call given uh, specific tendencies. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of a stats nerd myself. <laughs> I I really just I I could dig into these numbers and just uh and just talk about them all day long. I guess when you're 
breaking down the reports, and maybe for you it's more on the defensive side of the ball, but as a coaching staff, when you're breaking down these reports, what numbers interest you the most? What what really kind of gets you going and you're, you find yourself saying, oh, man, this is cool? Well, uh, we have a number of, of standard reports that we run week in and week out related to down and distance, uh, the personnel that's on the field, uh, an opponent's favorite runs and passes, uh, the pass zones they throw into. We kind of always start there. Uh, but we dig a little deeper. We do quite a bit of ad hoc reporting. This may be specific to an opponent. And, you know, the, the, the favorite part of the weekend when we're preparing for an opponent is when we find that one special kind of nugget, if you will, that, that maybe tips it off, tips us off to something they really like to do, whether it's, you know, the stance of alignment, uh, where they move, maybe their best player, if they move him around and, and what that means to our defense. Uh, so, you know, it, it's really cool when you find those, you dig deep enough and you find those things. And, um, and, and along those lines, you know, the kids really buy into that when uh, we can tell them, hey, when you see this, you're going you're, you're gonna to expect this. And, and we can back it up. We can share a film with them that shows them uh, that, that exact tendency. Can you give me an example from this past year, maybe a little nugget that you were able to discover before you played an opponent that ended up really helping you once the game started? I apologize if I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, I just just try to think of one in particular. Uh, we had a uh, a particular opponent. They they ran a lot of had really athletic receivers. Ran a lot of jet motion, which is the speed motion where they can either hand off. Um, or fake it to him and, and, and run an inside run with their tailback. And um, you, with, with enough digging, we discovered that uh, there were certain situations based on where they're, they, they ran 20 personnel, so they had two backs in the backfield. Um, based on where the fullback and the tailback were lined up, dictated whether they would actually hand off or not. And so there were situations that our kids could basically ignore the jet motion uh, by the receiver because they, they knew they weren't going to hand off to him. And on the flip side, if the tailback and fullback were lined up in a specific location, uh, we knew there was a high probability that they were going to hand off to the tel- to the receiver that was in motion. And so we, we shifted our defense to play the, the jet sweep. Wow. That that's that's really cool, and I I think that ties into your last answer about you know how the players will get excited about getting certain insights. I mean that's a huge thing for them if they if they know just based off formation, hey this is what to expect, or if they run this fake, we don't have to worry about defending you know a certain player. That's huge for them, right? Absolutely, yes, and and again we rep it all the time in practice, you know, so they've seen it over and over and over over the course of the week and and our our kids do a great job in preparing and being ready on Friday nights. So what does your workflow look like during the week in reference to stats? I mean, are you, are you getting into the data right away on the weekend, you know, on Saturday and Sunday after the game? Is this something that gets incorporated more maybe at the beginning of the next week or the middle of the next week? What does it look like for you? We really start breaking down an opponent uh right after lunch, we finish up our previous game with the kids 
before lunch, and then we start breaking down an opponent on Saturday. Uh, we we uh, track about 30 data points, give or take two or three, uh, on a given week for an opponent. So we enter a lot of data over the weekend. Um, and then so Saturday is largely built around getting the data in, uh, running some really kind of our beginning basic reports um, as far as a breakdown goes. Mm-hmm. And then we spend we spend most of our day Sunday analyzing the data, running reports, um, finding tendencies, and then building a game plan off of that. So so most of the work done is over the weekend. We, uh, however, continue to look for little things. Sometimes it's not until uh, maybe even as late as Tuesday we may find some uh, deeply hidden uh, nugget or tendency um, that'll help us on a Friday night. All right. Now, most of what we've talked about so far has been scouting an opponent and looking at, um, you know, here's what the opponent likes to do in this situation, finding nuggets like that. How do you use the data to scout yourself and look back at your games? Yeah, that, that's a great point. We, uh, we entered data um, over the weekend on our previous game, uh, the game we just played, and we do a self-scout analysis um, each week looking at um, our own tendencies, you know, things that maybe we do specifically on third and long. Maybe we have some specific tendencies, uh, maybe some calls that um, we really like, but maybe they've not been very productive for us. Maybe we need to change some things uh, because we're not getting the productivity we want out of specific calls or specific down and distance scenarios. Um so we want to we want to see what our opponent is looking at in terms of looking at our defense and be prepared for what they may try to do based on our defensive tendencies. When did you guys really start diving into the data and start you know getting into this stuff and really um, incorporating it as a very important part of your game plan? Was that a few years ago? Is it? Uh, you know, when, when, when did that start? It, it really started probably in the, in the early two thousands. I think, um, you know, we had tracked a lot of this on paper. We went to a computerized system, uh, in the early two thousands, which really made it so much easier, <laughs> uh, cause you could go through, you could sort the data, filter the data, run reports on the data, if there was a specific play you wanted to go back and look at, you could pull it up immediately. And uh, so I would say in the 2003-2004 range is where that really all started. And it has just slowly evolved over time. And and we've, we've used it more and more with each year. I would love to just be able to go back and look at those pieces of paper that you guys had with all the data on that. I think that would be fascinating. Uh uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm sure that you're pretty happy with the computerized system now. <laughs> oh yeah, much much easier. Um, now you you guys have uh, you guys have had a little help with Huddle Assist as well, right? Uh, yeah, we tried Huddle Assist out last year, and we've signed up for this next year uh, to use it um, for all of our our game film, and uh, we're really excited because. Uh, 
some of those things, getting those things done quickly and turned around back to us in a timely fashion where we're not having to spend the time entering it uh, is going to just save us more time to, to do the in-depth analysis. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. This is looking into the future a little bit. Where do you see data in football going next? Like in five years or maybe not even that far, maybe in two or three years, you know, what what are we going to be talking about, do you think, in terms of data as like the new cool thing? Cool. That's I'm, – I'm not very creative, so I'm not sure I'm the right guy <laughs> to ask that. But, um, you know, as with probably all parts of the game – uh the the new the new wave or the new great best thing it, it kind of flows down uh you'll see things uh at the NFL or the college level uh schemes you know defenses and they 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 make their way into the high school level in varying degrees and and with time and I think for data, it's the same thing. Uh, more and more high schools are embracing the use of data and reporting and uh, analytics, which uh, you know the, the colleges are really strong into right now. It, it, it's a growing industry at the college level, and and I think that's just going to continue uh, the trend that that will trickle down, and, and people will start to do more and more uh, analytics and. You know, as as that comes and more game film analysis, uh, but really, um, and you, you can never rely solely on the data, but it certainly mm-hmm. gives you a huge leg up um, as a starting point. Um, and so I think what you see at the college level now, you're going to see uh, at a more significant level at, at high schools in the next, you know, three to five years. Mm-hmm. And, and you bring up, you, you brought up a great point there at the end is, is that, you know, we've been talking about the importance of, of data and of stats and they're hugely important. There's no doubt about that, but you can't just rely on those numbers because everything in a vacuum, you know, it, it just doesn't work out that way. You have to combine that with your coaching instincts and, uh, and with the traditional, you know, um, coaching abilities, correct? Certainly, yes. Okay. Um, it, it, it's a great tool. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. We uh, we certainly think so. There's no doubt about that. Uh, well, <laughs> Coach, um, that's all I got for you today. You're off the hook. Uh, thank you so much <laughs> right. for your time. Um, this, is, this has been great. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Have a fantastic day, Coach. Thank you. Riggs and Jenks know the power of using data and insights to scout their opponents and get an edge on the field. If you want to see how Huddle Assist can break down your games and fuel your game plans, visit huddle.com backslash assist. See you next time.